Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Bobby. Today, I'm having coffee with Sakari Smithwick. Growing up in Long Island, New York, along with spending childhood summers in North Carolina, Sakari has always been inspired by the food that surrounded him. Coming from humble beginnings, Sakari's journey began as a McDonald's grill cook at the age of 15. He's continued to gain experience and hone his craft, working at restaurants, such as 11 Madison Park, Morea, and restaurant Yukio, where he helped gain a Michelin star, just to name a few. In 2019, Sakari competed on Food Network's Shot. In the end, Sakari finished impressively second, making it to the final dessert round. After spending the past 11 years honing his craft, he's now focused on bringing his vision alive with noble promise. His mission is to redefine what soul food is and use food to bridge the gap between different races in America. Sakari, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. It's my pleasure. And that intro was snap it up. That was great. Thank you. Oh, so thank you. Well, it's all accolades to you. This is everything that you've done, plus more that you're not sharing in that bio. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So what's been new happening in your world lately? Um, Right now, all my energy has been focused on getting Noble Promise off the ground, um, raising my awareness for the brand and just finding investors, building my team um, and just kind of letting people know what Noble Promise is and like what it's all about, basically. So tell us a little bit more. What is Noble Promise and what is it all about? So Noble Promise, cooking from the soul, it's it's a mantra to me in my, my childhood. So growing up, Sakari, it means Noble Promise in Swahili, which is like an East African Bantu language. And growing up throughout my entire childhood, I always believed that I had a kind of like a promising future and to always keep to my word. So like throughout my childhood, I always thought that, you know, got a tattoo of it, really believed in that. And then I thought one day I said, you know what, this is my brand and this is what I want my restaurant to be. And, and just kind of focused on that. So it's Noble Promise, Cooking from the Soul. And we're really just trying to make fine dining because that's where my background is from, um, more approachable for everyone. And, and I wanted to, you know, with food, it's food, it's like you're able to bring everybody together from all different walks of life. It's a common ground for everyone. So I think through Noble Promise, we'll be able to kind of just bridge the gap between different races in America. And that's really what my, my goal is with no promise. Oh, I love it because in an essence, we all love that soul food. And you're mm -hmm. right. We all want to be sitting at that table and in a restaurant. It's open to everybody. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what the thing is with soul food? It's like people think soul food is just Southern comfort food, right? Like they think macaroni and cheese, collard greens, that's the things. But for me, soul food is about cooking from the soul it's about having a dish or like cooking with lots of love and that could be anything you know I feel like if a dish or a food has a story behind it it has a soul and 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 that's what Noble Promise is all about it's not just the regular foods that you might kind of accompany or think that it is oh I love that because in so quick story here so I actually <laughs> learned how to cook via okay. watching Iron Chef America when I was living in Barcelona, Very trying cool. to write a master's thesis on China's carbon emission policies. <laughs> Sounds super, super interesting, I promise you. But that was like my way to connect with food and learn about it. And now through 
COVID and having this time living in one place, I've reconnected that love for cooking. So hearing your story that, you know, soul food is not just, you know, typical collard greens, mac and cheese, biscuits, it's right. really cooking from the heart. And that's the essence of all of it. And you're taking it to a new level here and introducing this in the States and introducing it to people all over the world that you can have soul food wherever you are. Exactly. You know, and, and for me growing up soul food, I thought everybody had it. I thought like when I had a conversations with people, I was like, yeah, collard greens are like, what, what's that? Or like, yeah, macaroni and cheese. Like what? I've never had this, or I've never had any of these dishes. And I'm like, really? And it just kind of sparked my interest to think like, okay, the cuisine that I grew up with is, is something that everyone can enjoy. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. And it, food, it can cross cultures. Everybody can relate to something. And for me, it also takes me back to those moments of life. Like you said, for you growing up in North Carolina and having these soul food moments. Absolutely. And like nostalgia, I think, I think food has a lot of nostalgia. You know what I mean? For me growing up as a kid, my mom told me like, every summer I have to go to North Carolina. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to go. I want to be around my friends and I want to, you know, like make friends and things mm -hmm. like that. But I was forced. And she was like, you know, you have to go to North Carolina because that's what I did. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to go. But then when I went, I was able to kind of connect with my family, build family relationships with all different people and really start to really embrace what was surrounded by me. You know, fresh cotton, like that slaves used to pick, things like, like homemade molasses, biscuits, a totally different um, dynamic for eating at the table, which, you know, in New York, which is where I'm from, everything is very fast, fast, fast. You know, hey, we gotta wake up, we gotta go to school, we gotta go down south. It's like, everything is very slowed down. Everything is slowed down from the way they drive, from like everything. So for there, it just gave me a real appreciation for for things that mattered, I think, you know, family and food and things like that. And you're so true because I had those same moments, you know, coming from Midwest is definitely not as fast paced as New York. But when <laughs> I made that transition to Barcelona and they're mm -hmm. like, everything's closed on Sunday. We're gonna have a two hour dinner, you know, and it's gonna be okay. Whatever happens, happens, just let it go. That's that is the essence that I wish more of us got back to you, even mm -hmm. with the fast paced style of life. 100%, 100%. And I think, you know, I think it's something that's definitely needed to kind of be able to appreciate. And even COVID, you know, it's it's about perspective. It's about how you think about things. You know, COVID for a lot of people, it's been tragic and, you know, we've lost a lot of lives and things like that, but it's been a lot of spark for a lot of people, you know, and it definitely has helped people realize what's important. You know what I mean? For definitely, for sure. So I, I think, Life is about perspective and and I think how you think about things in the moment it will help you kind of just uh, forward in life a little bit. Perspective sure. is key and you can turn any situation mm -hmm. from whether it's being super dim and dark into blessings at the end of the day. Absolutely. How has creative cooking shifted your perspective? Because you take working, starting at McDonald's to working in Michelin star restaurants. How has that shift now affected you today as you're working on Noble Promise? Well, I think, so growing up, I never was able to kind of dine in a Michelin star restaurant. I didn't even know what a Michelin star was, you know, until I went to college and then 
um, started becoming around people that were very knowledgeable about food and they kind of put me in this, this atmosphere of fine dining. And from there, I fell in love with it. You know, I fell in love, uh, my first experience was at Lincoln at a one star and everything was delicious. And I was like, so this is what a restaurant is. It's not just Red Lobster or like a fast food type of version. It's like you sit down, everything's homemade, everything's fresh. The chef is like vibrant and he's in the kitchen, he's cooking and just the entire atmosphere of it, everything, I just fell in love with it. So from that experience, I said, you know what? I need to travel, I need to learn more. And I really need to just kind of get to the roots of things. So I, I decided to travel to Europe. So I worked in Europe for like the past 10 months. And over there, I mean, if you're talking about slow as far as North Carolina, I mean, it's very <laughs> slow in certain areas as well over there, you know? So I worked at a two-star restaurant called Restaurant Tribeca and chef, the chef lived in the restaurant, like lived upstairs. And I, and I worked in a town where it was just the restaurant and maybe a few other stores and like that was it. So it really gave me a lot of nostalgia growing up in the summers for, for North Carolina. Um, cows and farms and all it was was the restaurant so through these experiences um with fine dining attention to detail coming in with a clean coat uh you know messes organization all these things that you learn at fine dining restaurants that you can't implicate at different places that has helped me fine-tune what i want noble promise to be and i want to pass what i've learned and what i've sacrificed over the last 11 years to to other people that aren't able or aren't fortunate enough to be able to uh, live through these experiences, you know, that aren't able to go to Europe or that wouldn't, haven't had the chance to work in the Michelin star experience and all these different restaurants and things like that. So I wanna be able to, you know, whenever I'm done cooking in the next 40 years or whatever the case is, I wanna be able to pass the torch and teach and teach the next generation, you know what I mean? What I've learned at these places and the things that I've learned is just like invaluable, you know? So attention to detail, organization, leadership, um, having the discipline, mental discipline, mindset, all these things that you really don't learn at a regular restaurant, in my opinion, of course. Um, you learn at these high-level restaurants. I want to be able to, to express that in my love for cooking and, and also to the next generation after me with my restaurant. Well, let's dive into this mental discipline that yeah. you mentioned. Because <laughs> I love Chef's Table. You know, this is how my creativity is sparked. So I see that... In intricate sides. Um, I've hung around chefs and so forth, yeah. but the mental discipline, how do you define it for people listening to this? And how does it shape the artwork, which is the final dish? Um, that's a great question. I think mental discipline is all about, for me, when I think about mental discipline, I think about um, love for me, because cooking is, it's, I mean, it's, it's a job, yes, and it's a necessity, but if you don't love it, it's, you really can't do much. You can't go super duper far in, in this, you know? Um, so for me, mental discipline, the first step I think is self-awareness and understanding that this is what I wanna do. I'm willing to die behind my love for the craft and that I love it. I, I love it and I'm, I'm all in on it, you know what I mean? Um, understanding that, then understanding that, you know, holidays, you're not able to experience that many holidays with your friends and things like that. Um, family events, uh, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, you know, I mean, sometimes are out the window because you have to focus on the restaurant and things of that sort, but just having like the love that you have for it, the passion for it and understanding the discipline that goes into it, I think, I think is really important. Um, but I, I don't think it would be possible without the love that I have for it. You know, if I didn't love cooking, 
I wouldn't have the discipline or the mental discipline to get up at nine o'clock in the morning. Like when I was in Europe, we would we would work like long out, like over there, there is no overtime. There is no, like, you work from sun up to sundown. You know? And you're getting paid the same amount of money and you're putting yeah. out the same amount of dishes. Exactly, you know what I mean? And I felt like, you know, when I went to Live in Madison Park, everybody at Live in Madison Park was from all around the world, you know? And that was a beautiful thing about working there. Um, and then I would hear these stories about Europe and, and the kind of like the working stories and like, you know, the yelling and getting kicked out and getting spit in the face and all these crazy things. And I'm like, wow, this is insane. But like, I need to kind of go through that. I need to see what they went through. I need to like understand what sleeping in a restaurant means or like working from like 9 a.m. to 3 a.m., 4 a.m. the next day and waking up and doing it again. I'm just like, understand what, what this process is. Um, so for me, it just, I just went, went all in and and experienced and it, it was tough. It was really, really hard. I have many, many of stories where, you know, wanted to cry or whatever the case is, but it definitely made me stronger. So I'm happy. And from those moments, like you said, now looking back on it, it's an invaluable experience. Absolutely. You pick yourself up and you're like, I got to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and without that passion, I feel like you wouldn't have picked yourself back up and done it the next day and the exactly. next day and the next day. Exactly, exactly. Just having something to prove, um, loving what your craft is, like all these things, like it's going to, it's what's going to help you wake up the next day when, when things don't go the way that you have planned, you know, like I remember quick story. I remember when I was in the restaurant, we were, uh, cutting vegetables and they all had to be the same size and you know they got thrown out right before service happens and you know everybody in the entire kitchen now is cutting our vegetables meat my teammate and I's vegetables mm -hmm. um all the same size and chef says no you're, you're not going to cut these vegetables you're going to watch everybody else do it so it's like what and then we continued with after that was done, we got ready for service. And then for the next four or five hours, we're cutting vegetables all the same size, like, like squares. And chef comes over, says, oh, you guys were doing good, but this isn't good enough. Throws it away. It's one o'clock in the morning and he makes us redo it. So now we're, we're cutting vegetables to about two o'clock in the morning. And we, it takes so long for it to do, be done. Everybody in the kitchen is helping again. You know, my partner doesn't come the next day. <laughs> she, she she's like you know what like I'm out this is it like this was fun you know what I mean I'm done now she's like you know switch careers or she's doing whatever she's doing but for me I showed up the next day but it was difficult you know like it wasn't easy to wake up the next day and be like wow I have to go through this again like like oh my god I don't have a partner I don't have this like what am I gonna do but it's just having that love and having that passion for it to just figure it out and that is key in any industry Absolutely. You have to have the passion to get to that place that you want to be with it and hone in on the craft. Exactly. 100%. What's been, or I guess, who has been one of your greatest inspirations for cooking? <laughs> um, it's a great question as well. I mean, when I think of inspirations, I think about mentorship. Uh, I've had many mentors along the way that that have worked in great restaurants and kind of helped guide me in my career and things like that. Um, but I think it all starts with my family, I guess. It, it, I feel like my family dynamic is, is basically my, my biggest inspiration, you know? Um, having my parents kind of raising me that the way they did, being blessed to have both my parents, 
um, my grandmother working through social as a social worker, my grandfather being a Jamaican immigrant, you know, what I mean, working for like 30 years, um, the importance of saving, seeing how hard he worked, seeing how hard my family worked. I think they're my biggest inspiration. And then I translate all those values of work ethic and passion and the way I go throughout my life into cooking, into what I do, because everybody has a different palate. Everybody has different flavors, you know, things like that. But I feel like the virtues are about how you raise. That's where it starts, I think. And if you learn that dedication early on, like you did, <laughs> and it shows because you want to have still been cutting up all those vegetables. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is below like, me. Yeah. Why am I still doing this? This is dumb. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> it's like I I cooked for years in the states. Why do I need to keep dicing up vegetables? Right. Exactly. But you got back up. You did it again, and that dedication shows. And those values are what stick with us through lifetime and that's legacy is going to live down from your grandparents to your parents to you to future generations 100 percent. and i think i think that's what's most important i think leaving a legacy um you know one person i look up to is Kobe bryant you know he had his passing but one thing that he said was like he really he really uh valued his family and he wanted to leave something like all his accolades for what he did which was was basketball was great but he really wants to leave something for his family. He wanted to be able to affect the next generation and that's where it is. So I, that was kind of my inspiration behind that. Just focus on that. And then for you, what's that legacy that you want to leave behind? Is it the love for cooking? Is it still instilling those same values from your grandparents? Or is it something that you haven't found yet? Um, what I want to leave through my legacy is that's a great question. I think, I feel like one of the greatest chefs in America to me is Thomas Keller. Okay, he, and the reason why he's great is not because he has three Michelin stars and that every, you know, his food's delicious and all these things, but it's because he was able to, fortunate enough to award other opportunities to chefs that have worked for him. If you look at Thomas Keller's like resume, the chefs that have worked under him have went to do great things, you know? And I think that's the reason why he's great for me. So for me, you know, if I have a son one day, you know, I want to be able to like pass him down something, hand him, hand him on to something. You know, that's why I'm going through the entrepreneurship route, you know, doing what I'm doing with Noble Promise. Um, but just kind of really expressing each person's personalized story and giving them a platform to do so. So creating this platform right now, kind of cutting through the trees, going through what I need to go through. Um, to get this platform, showcase my story, which is about Noble Promise, the way that I grew up, the stories, my fine dining, all these things, and then giving someone else that same that same opportunity. So Noble Promise in the future isn't going to be quote unquote soul food. It's going to be whoever that chef is in charge of that kitchen while I'm retired or whatever the case is, or if I'm running around and I'm mentoring to ship someone else, you know, he can be, you know, Indonesian, he can be Asian, he can be African-American, he can be wherever he grew up, whatever his roots are. I want to be able to pass those those tools down to my knowledge. And, you know, no promise could be doing Polish food or however person, however that person is grew up in, in their story and so on and so forth. So that way you have something that lives forever instead of just something that dies with one person. Well, I love that. And it's always evolving. 
Absolutely. It's not one of these standalone, this is going to be the set menu. This is what it's always going to be because Sakari wanted it to be that way. Exactly. And that's how you, and that's how you live forever. That's how you leave a legacy. It's having something that lives forever. That's, that's the point, you know what I mean? And, and impacting the world. And, and that's why I try to create content. You know, I don't want to leave this earth without, you know, creating content and leaving something behind. That's why I've done chapter. That's why I do YouTube videos or whatever the case is. Um, in the meantime, I need to leave something behind, you know, whatever it is. I need to leave. People need to know who I am. People need to know what I've done. People need to know what my goals are um, just to just to help inspire everyone. And we can learn so much from your content others who are creating content, I'm creating content. There's so much to learn. And somebody out there is probably going, oh, I have a story, but I can't get on camera. Or Mm -hmm. I have a story, but nobody will listen. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person today? (laughs) Uh, Just do, get out there and do it. You know what I mean? Because the more that you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get at it. You know, I, I wasn't a care for something like being in front of the camera like that, you know, but you have to be, you have to learn how to pivot uh, if you want to get to your goals and things like that. So I feel like people, you know, friends of mine, they, they hit me up all the time. They ask, you know, Sakari, like, you know, I just, I just don't feel like I know what I want to do. I just, you know, you're lucky, Sakari, you're blessed. You know that you want to do cooking, but I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, well, you got to taste different things. You got to go out and explore. If you stay in the house, doing the same thing every single single day if you stay around the same people every single day you're not going to know what you like you're not going to know what what fits you you know it, if if you're not a video person fine but maybe you could write something if you can't write maybe you can talk about something or you know there's there's different outlets and different ways for everyone um, my vision isn't the next person's vision just because what i want to do with no promise doesn't mean that the next person wants to but it doesn't make it of lesser than you know, it, as long as it's, it's about being happy in life. That's, that's the main goal. It's like, yeah, you want to be wealthy. Yeah. You want this, the car, whatever the case is, but you want to be happy. So you have to figure out what makes you happy and how do you do that? You taste different things, you travel, you do different experiences. Instead of going to a bowling alley on Friday, let's say, Hey, we're going to switch it up and we're going to go to this place. We're going to go to the spoken word place down here. And we're going to see what spoken words about just trying new things. I think that's the answer. And when you try new things, your mind starts to click yeah. and your mind starts to go like, Ooh, maybe I like this. I like, yeah. maybe there's an element at that spoken word place that gets you going on a new track on a new idea. And like 100%. you said, Sakari's roadmap is not Susie's roadmap. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think through doing what I love, which is cooking, right? I love cooking, but I want to be able to do other things. I'm not just a chef. You know, I want to be, you know, for me, the definition of chef, the chef has to be in the restaurant, meaning he has to be cooking. You know, there's a lot of chefs that, hey, how are you? But they never, they never have a pot in their hand, you know, and I want to be the chef that's always in the kitchen that's cooking. Um, but I also want to be doing other things as well. You know what I mean? I want to be with my family. I want to be traveling. I want to see the different worlds. Um, you know, I'm in partnership with Peace and Parmesan, which is a lifestyle brand, you know, which we're focused on not just you know, clothing, but just everything and how the way that you live, you know, when people think about Parmesan, they think of like a rich and sharp cheese, but it's, that's how we have to have the intent of how we live. So when I'm not focused on noble promise, I'm living my life in a very peaceful mindset. And I'm just trying to 
spread love. That's really it. Just spread, just spread love and just spread. I feel like what you put out is what you get out. So I feel like if you spread love, you get love. And that's what I believe. And the more love you put out, the more that will come back to you, more abundance, more joy, more happiness. And I just wanted to add, as you were talking about this rich life, then, you know, people who look at that aspect of a rich life with all of the cars or the large houses and everything like that, don't get caught up on the material things. Exactly. If somebody is listening to this going, I got to have this latest, greatest car. I've got to, you know, I'll make it when I get to this level because I've been around millionaires and I've been around all sorts of people and they, some are happy with where they're at. Others, mm -hmm. like it was detrimental to them. Like they still didn't have the happiness and joy in their life. Exactly. It's like you get, you get whatever it is and then you're like, now what? You know, mm -hmm. you what's to, next? yeah, what's next? Exactly. You know, for, for the people that are successful, you see that they have this mindset and they want to keep going. You know, look at Jay-Z. He, he keeps going and going and going. It's he has for what people think is a lot of money or what people think like he has everything that he, he needs, but he's not stopping. He's continuing the growth. And that's the type of mindset that you have to have. And the definition of success, I think you have to have has to be one that you are happy with, with yourself. Within yourself, absolutely. And mm -hmm. it's not, you know, Jay-Z's definition of success for my life exactly. is gonna make me successful. Exactly. And it's not gonna make you successful. 100%, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, what has been some of your favorite things to cook over the years, or now even? Mm -hmm. Well, um, well, right now, I mean, just to speak about what I'm doing right now, mm -hmm. I'm working on a partnership with Resonant, which is a company based in New York City. And what they do is they take like a high, high value property um, that's not being utilized in the market. And then we, we turn that into an event space uh, for up and coming chefs to kind of showcase what they're doing. Um, so I'm working in partnership right now with them. And, you know, for me, what I did was I turned my basement you know, into my R&D kitchen. When I say R&D, what do I mean? I mean, research and development. So like kind of going through different recipes, trying to figure out things and, and focusing on what I want, no promise to be. And to pivot back, it's about having a, a soul of a dish, right? So one of my favorite things uh, that I love to cook is, or one of my favorite dishes that I'm in, in the lab right now testing before we even came on here was uh, my, my great grandmother's recipe, which is a snow cream and her mayo cake. So okay. uh, really, really interesting, really, really different. Um, so when I came back from, from Europe, I wanted to, you know, my grandmother got sick, but she's better now, which is great. Thank the Lord. And I went down South and I kind of just needed to have that nostalgia again. And I need to kind of really feel my roots again. And I, I sat with my grand, great grandmother, who's 96 years old. She's still kicking and living. That's you know, amazing. Which is awesome. And um, she gave me, you know, she talked to me, talked to me about growing up. She talked to me about what she liked to make. And she gave me like basically all the recipes, you know, and one handwritten recipe that she gave me was her mayo cake, which she uses mayo inside the cake to make it really, really moist. And another thing growing up was uh, she used to make snow cream. So in the South, what it is, is that it doesn't snow that often as, as it does in New York. So what they do is they collect the snow. So they go out, they put a bucket out and they collect all the snow. They take the snow and then they make ice cream out of it. And then they turn, they, they, they call it snow cream. And then they have it in the freezer and then they just have it whenever you need it. Uh -huh. so, so yeah, I love it. And I think it's a really, really cool pre-course dessert that I'm working on and um, paired with my mayo cake. And I, and I think it's really awesome. 
Ooh, any special flavors going into it? Added flavors or are you sticking to original? So I'm sticking to original, but I'm really highlighting those original flavors. So like vanilla, turmeric, you know, like turmeric is, is, has its own unique flavor as well. Um, and turmeric is used in a lot of Indian cuisine or Jamaican cuisine and things like that. So really highlighting the turmeric, really highlighting the vanilla uh, and just making something really simple and delicious. Oh, that sounds so good. I'm going to have to make my way to New York <laughs> to try this. And I love how innovative that is, taking empty space that's not being used and creating an event out of it. And it not only helps the property, not only helps the chefs like you, it helps everybody get back into that soul of like enjoying a dish and going to a restaurant experience that is different from what you would normally do to have these creative thoughts and, you know, just have a different night. 100%. And I think, I think that aspect, it's not lost. I feel like a lot of people got discouraged with COVID. They think, oh, well, you know, restaurants are done, you know what I mean? But everybody has to eat. It's a necessity to eat. And I think with this long, you know, surplus amount of months going without, you know, being able to really dine in a restaurant and things like that, I think it's missed, you know, the same way that movie theaters are missed. I think that really being able to have the ambiance, really like listen to your favorite 90s music, you know what I mean, smell different herbs, eat some delicious food with some great people. I think those nights are missed and I think that would never go away. 100% with you like the whole aspect of it is missed. And when you understand eating and dining as an experience, because it is in any restaurant that you go to. Absolutely. From that experience versus having it at your house, unless you're setting different moods every single night and different Spotify playlists, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. making it making it a thing in the house, like a different cuisine every night or, you know, different herbs where you're going to have some of these things, you're still not going to have the same essence of what you said, like having a new experience and Absolutely. the whole ambiance. 100%, 100%. And it gets me excited just talking about it. Oh, I feel, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to jump on a plane. Like, <laughs> when can I come eat Sakari's mm -hmm. food? I would it Everybody has those, like you said, those elements that bring them back to home. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned, uh, turmeric and vanilla. What are some of those other flavors that you love to incorporate into your cooking? Um, well, I think I love curry. I love curry. So the way that I grew up was that cooking gave me some type of freedom. You know, my parents were like, you know, they were a little discouraging at some points. They were supportive, but they were like, you know, get out the kitchen, you know, you're going to cut yourself, things like that. My grandmother kind of gave me the freedom to say, hey, you can make breakfast, you can make this. Um, so my grandmother's from the South, but then my grandfather grew up in Jamaica. So hit my grandfather's sister actually taught my grandmother all these amazing Jamaican um, dishes just to kind of cook for him. So growing up, you know, I would eat Southern food. So we would have like biscuits with molasses and like you know, shrimp and grits or whatever for like breakfast and things like that. And then we would have like curry goat for dinner. You know what I mean? And all these things 
aren't really known to a lot of people. You know, I thought everybody ate like curry goat or curry chicken for dinner. I thought that's like, I thought like that was like a hidden secret. I was like, yeah, like curry, curry goat. They're like, what? What's that? Or yeah, jerk, jerk chicken. They're like, huh? You know what I mean? Things like that. So I love, I love curry as, as far as like the number one thing. Um, I love molasses, homemade molasses, like the sugar cane, really dark and rich. I think I, I love using molasses. I love using spices, you know, um, when you look at the West Indian cuisine, they use a lot of uh, spices um, from India and it kind of originates from that. So just kind of understanding your roots. I love to use fresh ingredients. I love herbs. Um, I love being able to use, especially when I came back from Europe, I love being able to use whatever's around you and just kind of making your own. That, that's kind of how I got on Chopped, which was like, like growing up, we don't have chicken all the time and we don't have this all the time. So what we did was just, okay, we got a can of beans and we got this and okay, we're going to get this in the fridge and all right, we're going to put this together and that's your dinner. Like that's just another day of growing up. And then I watched right. Chopped and I was like, oh wait, this is actually a show? <laughs> I do this every day, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like what, do you, like what do you mean? Like, all right, this is, this is awesome. Like you could just, this is what I do at home all the time. Like, you know, it's no big deal. So that's kind of what inspired me to get to Chopped. But I, I just feel like, um, yeah, spices and just whatever's around, really. Spices and herbs. Let's talk about molasses, because in the States, unless you're in the South, molasses is like that lone thing that's standing maybe next to maple syrup and right. all of it's on the shelves unless you're making some ginger molasses cookies or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like that hidden ingredient, like here in the Midwest, it's like, I don't know, just buy sugar or honey. Um, <laughs> how do you use it in your cooking? And how would you tell people to use it so it doesn't scare them away from molasses? Well, you can mix molasses with like, I mean, if you think about barbecue, you can you can like put molasses in it. You know, I mean, I, I love molasses. I, growing up, we used to eat it with biscuits. So, I mean, eating it with biscuits, my great grandmother, she would make molasses bread, which is, I think, which is really interesting. So you can have molasses bread. You can do a barbecue sauce with it. You can like cook down anything that needs something dark. So uh, if it has brown sugar, substitute with molasses. You know, if, you, if you're making a braise, when I say braise, I mean cooking something like a protein in a, in a liquid for a very long time. Um, anything that would call for spices, anything that would call for brown sugar, ketchup, anything like that, throw molasses in there and then you're gonna like open up your flavor. And it's like, wow, what is this like? What is this weird kind of like deep, dark, secret and it's like oh it's molasses and i love it mm, sounds so good do you do you one-to-one -one ratio like if you substitute molasses for brown sugar yeah so i would do i would do about yeah i would do a one-to-one -one. i would do a one-to-one -one. it would be just about the same and mm, inspire me to make so many good things now i'm <laughs> like oh i've got some extra molasses up here from making cookies the other day i like you said having those moments that got you to chops. How did chops sort of like impact your life afterwards? Did it set you on like the next level of trajectory? Cause that happened two years ago or almost two years ago. Right, so it definitely happened like two years ago, um, a little while back. I felt like for me, what it did personally was it gave me confidence. That's what it did for me. Um, you know, I've gotten business opportunities from it, past it, things like that. Uh, you know, I, I got offered a business opportunity in California to be the sh a chef out there. 
uh, but I ended up turning it down just to just to kind of stay home and, and open up Noble Promise and like really put all my all into to me and invest in myself. Um, so business opportunities came from it. You know, my family and friends were happy, you know, maybe more Instagram followers, whatever. But for me, um, it was a confidence thing. It was being able to cook something out of ingredients for strangers that eat a lot of food, like, you know, eat, eat food. Yeah. Often. yeah. And, um, and they, and they enjoyed it. So it was just kind of like, they're telling you like how much they enjoyed your food that you just kind of whipped up just because this is what you had. And this is the time that you had. Um, and then kind of instilling their, their belief into you saying, Hey, Scar, you're, you're going to be like, you have a bright future ahead of you just keep doing what you're doing or like, Hey, these flavors are delicious. Like this is really authentic. You know, for me, it just gave me confidence. And it said, you know what, like, I need to keep doing what I need to do. I need to keep focused, keep my head down and just kind of like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, just keep going. And I would assume it would also be like another level of reassurance. Exactly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It was like, oh, all right. It's like, <laughs> I, I made it here. I performed well cooking these dishes on the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And like highest level peers are saying, you've got this. Yeah. And okay. that's what we all need. Right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I think, I mean, it starts with just cooking for your friends, right? You cook for your friends and they're like, wow, this is good. You cook for your family. You're like, oh, okay, this is good, you know? And then the more you cook for people, the more you kind of have that reassurance. Um, so it was just another level of that, of that you know? And it was like, keep going, noble promise. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> Dive into it. 100%. So let's talk about noble promise as we get towards the end of our time here. Okay. Um, with that, do you see that opening soon or what's that stage level look like for you? So right now I'm doing pop-up dinners um, and it all depends on, you know, building my team. You know, I have, I have cooks in place that, that will jump on board. But now it's really finding a place. I'm looking in Brooklyn um, and finding investors as well, trying to find the right partners um, to, because to, like nine out of 10 restaurants fail, point blank period. I could be the greatest chef. Even when, you know, when I was working at Yukio on Chef Marco and we got a Michelin star, our food was delicious. You know, it was just me and him cooking food out, 30 covers a night, you know, and it was great, but not a lot of people knew about it. And it ended up having to close, unfortunately, you know what I mean, which sucks, but it was it was great food, everybody enjoyed it, but it had to close. So trying to figure out ways to use the internet, trying to figure out ways to market, um, all things that I'm looking for in a partnership, um, investors trying to find the right place. So I, I think a time span would be, you know, the next 12, 24 months, uh, but really just trying to find the right partners that kind of see the right, the same vision as me, see, see, see life the same way I do, and you know, believe in noble promise and, and can kind of help escalate it to where it needs to be. And take it to that next level of having a space in a successful restaurant. And I have no doubt that the right people will come and the restaurant will be successful and you'll keep yeah. producing this soul food that comes from your heart. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for that. Thank you. If you could have a last meal, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> I got asked this question before and I had to say it would, uh, it had to be lobster. I, I love, 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 love lobster. It was a, growing up, it, it, it's like a celebratory food because it was so expensive. Um, 
just eating it with some butter and like maybe hot sauce, maybe not, maybe Old Bay, maybe not. Just having lobster and like some butter, I'm I'm set. Like I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm good. I could die right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Don't die on the shelf. We no, don't need it. Yeah, we got things to do. One hundred percent. Well, lobster sounds so good right now. Oh, it's yeah. almost dinner time here. <laughs> I love it. Um, as we wrap up here, what is one of the biggest blessings for you over this past year? Um, as soon as you hear blessing, I think my grandmother. You know, like it was a real big scare when I had to go back down south. Um, so having her still, having my great grandmother still alive in '96, having my family around. Um, you know, COVID, COVID makes you realize what's important, right? So not having anybody in my family like pass away from COVID, um, that for me was the biggest blessing. Like just you know, I was in Europe when COVID happened. You know what I mean? By myself, and I was like nervous, like my family and nervous about me and all these things. So making it out of a third world country, making it out of Europe, getting back home, have everybody that's close to me be okay. I think that's the biggest blessing and I'm happy. I love that. Family is so important and it's yeah. so important for them to have you back home too. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes both ways because I know how it is living abroad and, you know, family are 3000 miles away and you're like, I'll get home. Maybe you can come see me, but a lockdown throws it into a whole nother perspective. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, but you, you get I can imagine. I, I commend you for dealing with it because I would have been like, Oh, but I'm stuck here. Where yeah. are my friends? <laughs> they are. Um, where can people connect with you, Sakari? Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel, uh, Cooking with Sakari, Noble Promise, uh, where I put up like cooking lessons. I also put up my time in Europe. So anytime that I went through Europe, uh, you'll see videos of that. So through YouTube, you can always uh, search me through there. Instagram at Sakari Smithwick or Noble Promise underscore. Um, and LinkedIn, I'm also on LinkedIn. And yeah, that's where you can find me. And, and you'll see much more content You'll see much more things for what's what's upcoming now and, and just kind of keep the ball rolling. Amazing. For everybody who's listening and watching to this, wherever you are listening or watching it, it, you can find all of the information in the caption notes, the show notes, how to connect with Sakari, and it'll be one click away. So there are no excuses <laughs> to get into that kitchen and to start playing. Sakari, thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your knowledge and opening us up to this wonderful world of cooking and soul cooking that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It was like, it was amazing. Really, really, really appreciate the reach out. And this was great and this was fun. So this is awesome. This is awesome. Wonderful. For everybody who is watching this and listening to this today, I encourage you as we leave to play in your kitchen make something different, pull out some more spices, play a little game of chopped when you're deciding, should I or should I not go to the grocery store? You never know what masterpiece you'll be creating. And this has been a wrap of another episode of Coffee with Bobby and today's guest, Sakari Smithwick. Have a great day. Thank you too.